0: Psalm 119 verses 57 to 64 i read it out loud for us The Lord is my portion I promise to keep your words I entreat your favor with all my heart Be gracious to me according to your promise When I think on my ways, I turn my feet to your testimonies. I hasten and do not delay to keep your commandments. Though the cords of the wicked ensnare me, I do not forget your law. At midnight, I rise to praise you because of your righteous rules. I am a companion of all who fear you, of those who keep your precepts. The earth, O Lord, is full of your steadfast love teach me your statutes Uh, begins with the affirmation that the lord is my portion and portion means uh, a share right it's like a share of your food a share of the land or a share of the inheritance so in the old testament it's frequently used to refer to the inheritance of the promised land that was in that the god's people were entitled to and uh uh, the priestly class, however, and their tribe, the Levites, uh, didn't get an allotment of land. So they didn't have a share of the land. Uh, and instead, God told them in Numbers 18, verse 20, you shall have no inheritance in their land, neither shall you have any portion among them. I am your portion and your inheritance among the people of Israel. So the the Levites and the priests didn't get a land, but they had the Lord Himself as, as their portion. Uh, he was their inheritance, and this is the background of what the psalmist is saying. He's saying the Lord is my portion. It's a profound statement, right? It's a, I have no share in anything else in the world. I'm not invested in any material possession. The Lord is all my happiness. The Lord is all my possession. The Lord is my inheritance. That's what he's saying. The Lord is my portion. Uh, and, and this was the call of the Old Testament priests, but also uh, because Christ came as the ultimate high priest uh, so that we now have direct access to God, uh, we also have the Lord himself as our portion. Uh, and, uh, and that's why uh, 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9 says that all of God's people are a royal priesthood. We have direct access to God and He is our portion. So then I want to ask you guys, what is your share in this world? Do you have a share in this world? Or can you say, the Lord is my portion? Uh, Do you have a share in the wealth of this world? Uh, Or share in a sports team? Or uh, share in a TV series, a family uh, career? Or can you honestly say, the Lord is my portion? Is He the chief end of your life? Or is is God enough for you or are you clinging to other portions other shares uh, and this profound idea becomes the basis for the rest of the psalm uh, rest of this section of the psalm and the main point of this section is that those who have the Lord as their portion should keep God's word through all their life. And, uh, and because the Lord is his portion, the psalmist can say, I promise to keep your words. If our portion is something else or someone else, then we can't make God the first priority of our lives because there is a conflict of interests. And we cannot promise keeps to keep God's words. And so it's only when God is our portion can we promise to keep his words. And because the Lord is his portion, the psalmist promises to keep his word. And for the same reason, the psalmist calls upon God to keep his promise to him as well in verse 58. I entreat your favor with all my heart. Be gracious to me according to your, your promise. So he's saying, I will keep my, keep the, uh, I promise to keep your words. And now he's asking God to be gracious to him according to his promise. So he doesn't go about, you know, currying favor with men. Uh, rather, he goes before the face of God to entreat his favor, uh, his grace, asks him to be gracious according to his promise. And it's, if we know that the Lord really is right, the sovereign Lord, uh, if we know that he is our portion, that we are his special possession, uh, if we know that really we belong to him and he belongs to us, then we don't have to uh, you know, uh, go to uh, curry favor with other things, or other people, or to you know, and depend on the whims of wicked, fickle men. Uh, we know that God holds all the keys. He has all the answers. He has all the authority and power, uh, and so we can go to Him and pray to Him, call upon Him and entreat Him, ask Him to be gracious to us. Um, and and we're this is challenging for me because we're so often entreating other people, right? We're always uh, you know entreating other people for favors or recommendations, for assistance. Uh, And of course, there's a place for that in in, uh, the way the Lord makes us interdependent as a body of Christ, for example. But in terms of our primary allegiance and orientation, do we entreat God? Uh, Do we go to Him? Uh, Do we ask for Him, His favor, Him to be gracious to us? Because that's our prime orientation, should be vertical uh, before it is horizontal. And so those who have the Lord as their portion should pray to Him, and uh, and that's what the psalmist does. He continues in verses fifty nine to sixty. When I think on my ways, I turn my feet to Your testimonies. I hasten and do not delay to keep Your commandments. It's a really interesting expression. I had to think for a second to figure out what it means. When I think on my ways, what does that mean? Uh, He's saying he reflects on the ways of his life. He evaluates his priorities. He thinks about his habits, and then after he has done that, he turns his feet to God's testimonies. Right? He says, "We have had right uh, really good early fall weather. I mean, it's not technically fall, but it's, like today was beautiful. Right? It's like a, it's like perfect time to go out for a nice stroll and walk around. Little breeze, gentle breeze, and sun's not too oppressive. And uh, and I don't know if you've ever done this, but sometimes I just get lost in thought, and then and I lose." <laughs> Like, I don't remember where I'm going. I just keep walking. Um, I think um, uh, a couple of times after we moved, like, I remember just walking to our old apartment uh, just because I, think- <laughs> I wasn't thinking about it. And then, uh, so, like, I, that happens to us, right? And it can happen in a, in a figurative sense, too, right? It's that if we don't think on our ways, we can lose our way. We can default to our old habits, sinful habits. We can get distracted, and so we must stop to think on our ways. So, so you're thinking about your ways. And then when you think about your ways, then we can turn deliberately our feet to God's testimony so we can walk on that path. And then once we have the right direction, we have to haste, hasten to obey. The psalmist says, I hasten and do not delay to keep your commandments. We shouldn't be slack or lazy about obeying God's commandments. We should be diligent and quick to obey. Uh, and, and it's because... The Christian life is not an afternoon stroll. It's, uh, it's a race we must run. Uh, I think sometimes we as Christians can treat our life like the, like the cool-down walk right after, after a race. You guys have done that before, right? You run a hard race, and then you have to cool, cool down you know, yeah. It's like, a, yeah. So I mean, if, if you just stop, like you lie down, you're gonna start throwing up, right? So you have to kind of cool your body down. You have to walk, it, walk it off. Sometimes I feel like Christians, as Christians, we treat life like that. We f- act like we finished the race. Oh yeah, I'm baptized, or oh yeah, I believed in the Lord. So I'm done. Like now I'm just now it's just a nice stroll, walk it off, cool off. But we're not done, right? The race isn't done, right? The finish line. We haven't crossed the finish line. Uh, and we have to persevere till the end in order to be saved uh, and uh, and so that's it's no com- time to coast, as it says in Hebrews chapter twelve verse one. Let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. There are worldly weights and clingy sins in our lives that slow us down and and threaten to derail us and prevent us from finishing our race so all the more when we have to set think on our ways set the direction our feet toward god's ways and hasten to obey uh, and not to delay and keep god keeping god's commandments uh, like a disciplined soldier right i mean i don't know if uh, i don't know if when you went to boot camp Zach, like they actually use the phrase like what do they say it's a, if i say jumps ask how high or something right <laughs> do they actually do that no yeah Yeah. so yeah okay yeah i mean but that should be you know like people could you know give us bad commands but the lord's commands are always good right that should be our attitude if he commands it hasten to obey let's do it Um, but of course it's easier said than done right Uh, it's because there's opposition Uh, there are enemies who are hunting us it says in verse 61 though the cords of the wicked ensnare me I do not forget your law, in snare. It's a, it's a reference to a trap like that a hunter uses. Uh, it's a cord. See, they try to use a cord to encircle us, to trying to grab a hold of our leg or trip us, whatever it may be. The, there are enemies of God who, who oppose him, who will set traps for us. But he says, even, in that, even even when the evil people surround him to trap him, the psalmist says, I do not forget your law, which reveals his character, right? Because when we're in danger... Uh, when people are panicking, they often forget their way, right? Uh, And when we're tempted by Satan, when we're threatened by his schemes, that's when we have to remember God's law most and stand by our principles. Because it's easy to keep God's law when keeping God's law seems to be in our own selfish interests, right? If keeping God's law leads to social acceptance and respect, then it's easy, right? But when keeping God's law actually means sacrifice, maybe when it means financial loss, when it means social ridicule, it's tempting to compromise, but we must not let the snares of temptations derail us from the path of God. Uh, the psalmist is able to do that, and, and he kind of gives us a clue as to why he's able to do that, uh, to remember God's law even when he's surrounded by the cores of the wicked. And it's because he has disciplined himself to remember God's law always. Uh, we can see that in verse 62. At midnight, I rise to praise you because of your righteous rules. Uh, That's something that I can't really relate to because (laughs) I can't stay up at night. (laughs) But but, uh, maybe maybe he was the type of guy who just kind of wakes up in the middle of the night and then decided to use that time every day to think about God and praise him or whatnot. So it doesn't have to be at midnight. but, But do you have a regular time and place to praise him, to read his word, to pray this was, he, he, he rises to praise God at midnight because of God's righteous rules. He has developed a habit, he's trained his mind to, to remember God's word and to focus on the race before him. And so that guides him when he's, even when he's in, uh, surrounded by the, the schemes of the enemy, he's able to remember God's law. And so those who have the Lord as their portion should keep God's word through all of life and and we can't do that by being slack and and running sloppily we have to discipline ourselves and this is something we uh, can't do on our own and it says in verse 63 I am a companion of all who fear you of those who keep your precepts and we know this from our experience we need each other God's people need each other right and we need the mutual encouragement we need one another's gifts gifts we need mutual correction and rebuke. We need one another's example. Uh, so we have to run side by side so that we can push each other's pace, so that we can exhort uh, one another to keep on running, to endure. Uh, and so we, that's what it means to keep company with those who fear God and keep his precepts. This is why the local church and membership is important. Uh, we can't run the race alone, right? And, and Satan's tactic, kind of like the you know, predators that hunt prey in, in, in wildlife, is to divide and conquer, right? The, and an isolated believer is a vulnerable believer, a vulnerable believer. And, uh, uh, and contrary to what some people, some believers even think, uh, sign of maturity is not independence; it's interdependence, and uh, that's the sign of maturity when a Christian is truly interdependent with the body of Christ and they're growing uh, in, in that community, in that context. And so how are you involved? Uh, do you have such companions who, who keep God's precepts, who, who, run, who are running with you, who are uh, pushing your pace? Um, are you in discipling relationships with people? And that doesn't have to be like a hierarchical thing. You could just meet with someone to pray, to read the Bible, or from the church, or are you involved in a community group? Right, and you should initiate these things and and uh, follow up. And uh, and and then lastly, it says, uh, uh, not only do we remind each other of God's precepts, uh, even the world that God has created can uh, remind us of His steadfast love. It says in verse 64, "The earth, the Lord, is full of Your steadfast love." Shows how God sustains. That it, that it reveals the, the God who sustains the world, who provides for its his creatures. Uh, he's the one that makes the world go round. Uh, and all of this attests to God's unchanging, steadfast love for us. And that makes us cry all the more to God, teach me your statutes. And we as, as Christians uh, especially have... Uh, stronger evidence than even what this psalmist is talking about, about God's steadfast love, and an even surer sign that the Lord is our portion, and that's the gift of God's Son, Jesus Christ. And through faith in Him, the gift of His Spirit, who indwells us, who is described right in, in Ephesians one thirteen to 14, it says, in Christ you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in Him, you were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of his glory. So Jesus dies for our sins, rises to life again, saves us, and through faith in him, we are indwelled by the Spirit of God. And that Spirit is the guarantee that we have God as our possession, that we are possessed by the Spirit of God, that we have the Lord as our portion. And so all the more, we as people who have the Lord as our portion, we should... Seek to keep God's Word through all of life.